We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, it's funny when I tried to book you for the show originally, it was when we were still coming out of the football season before baseball actually started, because I know you well enough now at this point where, you know, you get into baseball and rightfully so. And then football kind of fades out until the draft starts to come up. So, but that's actually why I'm happy you're on right now, Dalton, is because your football takes haven't been polluted by the last, by the, by the dynasty bros yet. You still have that sense of what happened last season and how you could project it to next season. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Yeah, you <laughs> caught me coming off a Las Vegas trip for Fantasy Baseball Live Draft, so I'm a little tired and a little full-on in baseball mode. But uh, it's fun. I'm glad, I'm glad we'd get together to do this. But, yeah, like I said, I was telling you right before, I don't know. I don't follow college players closely. But, um, yeah, let's talk some Dynasty football. I've done a baseball draft because I'm a degenerate, so I'm, I'm still following football. You know, you know me. I'm, I'm, I'm still on it a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, that's just like you said, it's because you're you're so into the sport, you're not going to let it fall off your radar. And we're going to talk today a little bit down the road about some dynasty players that are rocketing up. And I I know that. Uh, well, what First of all, what is your favorite form of fantasy football to play? Is it redraft? Is it best ball? Is it uh, dynasty? Like, what is your favorite one? Yeah, no, I'm more of a, of a redraft guy, but, but lately I've been more and more dynasty, but no, definitely. It's definitely redraft. I'm, I'm not a crazy person who does a bunch of, of dynasty best balls and is doing them early like, like, like you, but, um, <laughs> but it's a very fun format. I mean, it's, it's super fun. And I've, I've been in some dumb, some dynasty leagues for like 10 years now. So it's not like I'm total, totally foreign to it, but, um, yeah, I'm yeah, a but- fan. Yeah, see, that's I bring a lot of dynasty, uh, you know, serious dynasty players on here. Like you said, have the thirty leagues, and but I don't yeah, want. Sure. Yeah, but th- that's why I'm excited to have you on because you offer a sober view. Because I get into, I'm in a dynasty startup right now, and I, you know, I, I take a look at your rankings because you know I always like how you you have. I wouldn't even say contrarian, but you just have. You don't even look at other people's ranks. You just rank how you would draft if the draft was right now. And those ranks have such a big chasm between what dynasty players do. And I think that's where you get the buy, the buy low, sell high types like Mike Evans. Like just let's take him, for example, where, where is he wide receiver? What in your rankings this year for coming up? Yeah, I have him eighth with Brady back and Godwin hurt. So yeah, eighth and I could be talked as high as as sixth. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to take an idea of where he goes wide receiver? What in dynasty world? Yeah, so he's 28 years old. So oh no, he's 29. He's 29. 29. Okay, so yeah, the fantasy pros is going to mess up my age here too because it's the following season, right? Right. Um, okay, so I don't know, maybe mid mid teens, uh, 20th wide receiver off the board. Yeah, what? like wide receiver, like 23, 24. It, it's yeah, people are drafting Amon Ross St. Brown ahead of him. So oh, I can see it, that one easily. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, you know, that's a good place to start. Like Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, I heard your podcast uh, with Andy and. and Amon Ross St. Brown and Gabe Davis are going to be two of the players where people are going to try to push them up for uncertain. Start with Amon Ross St. Brown. Are you on the side of the fence where, okay, a star is born or he produced when, you know, when, when the conditions were perfect? Kind of, uh, sorry, I don't have a hot take here. Right in between. I mean, Hawkinson, there were splits. Not that obviously DeAndre Swift didn't play. But the target rate was so special. I mean, it was just so out of control. I mean, it was a nice six-week stretch, too. DFS players did not – a lot of people didn't want to buy it. Like, this can't can't happen again, and it just kept repeating. So it didn't matter the quarterback either. So uh, the situation will get worse for him uh, with, with competing for targets, but it's kind of hard to not – 
treat him as legit. So I just split the difference and I had him in for next year, right around my wide receiver 20, but I'd be awfully excited in dynasty. No question. So the addition of DJ shark, you think that helps or hurts someone like Amon Ra? Uh, whatever. It's fine. He's a deep threat. So I guess helps whatever clears routes. I don't really care either way whatsoever with shark. It didn't, didn't move the needle either way. What are your thoughts on St. Brown? I mean, you're you're, coming out of college. I know there was actually quite a bit of hype. Um, and, uh, I, I'd not really heard of him, but kind of uh, just the second half just took the league by storm. Yeah, well, everyone knows Inquimia uh, St. Brown, right? They knew the brother, so they immediately thought right. that uh, Amon Ra was going to suck. Now, Amon Ra was underdrafted. He was projected to be a second-round pick, fell to the fourth for some reason. So even though he's a, a you know a fourth-round player, uh, it's similar to Michael Carter, where the Jets said we would have taken him in like right. the second, late second round, and he ends up falling to the fourth. So, and I know you haven't said you haven't done a deep dive yet into your rookies, and you know we'll certainly talk to you again once that happens. But you can't avoid uh, knowing and knowing about Malik Willis and how he has had all the hype. He, you know, he's oh, that, that one are, throw made him so much money to that one. Yeah, that was sick. I mean, it was nice. It was a nice play. But yeah, the one specific play. Yeah. yeah and anytime there's a running quarterback, you're going to be interested in fantasy. Now, I, I can't see him getting past Detroit at number two overall. Do you, how do you think that helps the offense? Like, would you Detroit becomes interesting? I mean, they were just chosen for hard knocks today. I mean, now yeah. all of a sudden, if you would add potentially Malik Willis, would you like a quarterback like that for these receivers? So as someone who, who watched a lot of Lions games last year and listenized $6 million survivor pool, um, <laughs> Jared Goff is better than I realized. I mean, he's okay. He's not good. Don't get me wrong in fantasy purposes or anything. But for, for a, a really raw Willis come, or, or Goff, I'd probably rather one more year of Goff for St. Brown and, and let, let, let him develop there as far as a rookie who may even run too. So as weird as it sounds, I'd rather one more year of Goff at QB if I were a, a St. Brown guy. Yeah, no, Goff is, you guys have talked about it a bunch of times, that when the conditions are right, when the line is right, he can, you know, at least run an offense functionally. Feeds uh, a slot, too. Feeds a slot. Yes. Okay, that's a good point. And that's where St. Brown operates. You know, again, it's TJ Hawkinson will be back, but TJ Hawkinson yeah, right. is another candidate to be overdrafted. He certainly is every year, has not produced yet. I loved Hawkinson last year, and uh, it's funny. I, I think I said this in the other pod, but I'm talking myself into it like my yearly tradition of uh, the, the young tight ends. That, that Oh, it's deeper than most expect. I mean, yeah. Irv Smith returning, Friermuth, uh, Njoku now in Cleveland with Watson. I'm definitely going to talk a little bit about Albert O later. And there's still like Dox, Dawson Knox and, and Zach Ertz got a million targets in PPR. So in redraft, am I crazy to say that suddenly tight end isn't the worst thinness? You know, it's funny that we go through this exercise every year where we yeah, have our four and I'm wrong and I'm wrong and it, it <laughs> well, turns out to be garbage. So here, what, yeah, I, the, the one of, them. of insanity and here I am doing it again. Well, you know what I'm saying? Cause we have our four that we trust, right? You got Kelsey, you know, somewhat Waller still in the circle of trust. Yeah, our expectations are lowered somewhat, you know, I mean, you know, he's going to be a player that you, you auto start every week Waller, even if it's not, it's not a, a 95 catch season, if it's a 75 catch season, he's an auto start, you know, me, uh, people are going to like Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, will be started for his upside. I mean, and then uh, who did I, Oh, I like, you know, you talked about Dalton Schultz on the pod with Andy and I actually have him as, as a tight end two this year. Awesome. I moved him to number one, but it might've just been because Andy dared me to, I don't know if I will keep him there, but I think he's hundred percent in that tier and flip a coin as crazy as it sounds. The Cowboys were ninth in pass rate over expectation last year, sixth in pass attempts, second in pass yards. That's with Dak returning from an injury. I don't think he's going to start running anymore either, by the way, with those leg, leg, leg injuries. Um, Zeke looks toast, which I know you'll confirm oh. later uh, with me. And uh, no, but in, more, in all honesty, if I'm wrong about that, they lost Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. They just came out today. May not be ready week one. And how, how long will it take before he's 100%? We're all going to like James Washington as a sleeper, but there's no mm. Blake Jarwin. So yeah, Dalton Schultz is just going to eat. It was a number three fantasy tight end last year, by the way. Right. So, I mean, it's not like making some crazy thing. I think his situation just improved greatly. And uh, that team throws a lot and they're going to, yeah, I, I love Schultz. So I, I think there's a real legit top, four and yeah then Kittle and, and Waller so really I mean there could be even six really there if you liked Kittle yeah Kittle I just don't trust he, I don't he's, either I, I yeah don't. it's hard I mean obviously he's probably one of the best non-quarterbacks in football uh that you would take right away for your team but it's just it's so hard to to feel good about him at his his annual draft cost uh you know I also heard you talking a little bit about and I wanted to hit on this is game formats okay is there a game that you 
the, the industry, the fantasy industry has come all the way to PPR as the standard. That's why I don't like when people say standard or PPR because right. standard is PPR right now. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have a preference or where's your brain calibrated to nowadays, including things like tight end premiums, super flex. What is your game preference? Oh, great, great question. Where do I start? So my home league, I've always had half PPR to split the difference, but I've grown to into full PPR actually just playing more NFBC and I, I think it really does reflect, I, I don't know, it feels, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but I've grown to like it. But, but as Andy pointed out, the NFL is going so extreme the other way with running backs, it may be time to re-examine that. But I've grown to be totally fine with, with full point PPR. One aspect I always like adding in my leagues is just make sure that final playoff spot goes to more point overall points. The head-to-head format is super fun and it's the best on Sundays, but come on, there's got to be some, there's no virtual defense really. So there's got to be some aspect rewarding the best team. So, so I, I like, I like those details. And um, what are the other things you asked me about the, yeah, no, the super flex for sure. I, super I think flex, absolutely. I've introduced that to my home, my home league as well. Um, uh, I think that should be more, you know, I have a question for you in that though, the deeper the league, the more I question whether Superflex works, because if it's a 14-teamer and my home league is weird, it almost sometimes could go like 16 quarterbacks in the first 18 picks, and you're like screwed in the beginning. So the deeper the league, I could see an argument against Superflex if he just gets too extreme with the quarterbacks. But in your general 12-teamer, the, the, the deeper the roster, the more skills involved, the less luck's involved, and, and the better. The reason I still like in a 14-teamer Superflex, now you can you can dial back the touchdown passes to even something like three points yeah. per touchdown. Yeah, that's how you but, counter that. Nice. Right, and you don't have to start a, a quarterback. We think that you do, right? And it's obviously it's optimal to start a quarterback, but it, it just – the quarterbacks just – because it's not that you want – that the quarterbacks, you want to elevate them so they become the most important. It's that they're just so worthless in a one-quarterback league. I mean, you know, in what world does Josh Allen – not the first overall pick for fantasy. He's the best fantasy player. Why is he going on, you know, at the yeah. 30th pick or the 27th pick in, in a fantasy league? And so it's you know, the most important position in all of sports quarterback. So why are we making it the least important in the, in the game we play? It makes, makes no sense whatsoever. And there's also another aspect of skill that I, 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 I like Marcus Mariota as a sleeper uh, this year. Okay. So that's not going to matter whatsoever in a one quarterback league. No one cares. I mean, it's not going to matter, but in a super flex, it absolutely could be if I'm right on him and he's the 19th best fantasy QB instead of the 31st as a fantasy pros expert consensus ranking or whatever, you know? So that would be a, a nice uh, a profit you can make at the draft table. I love that you brought up Mariota because he, he's a great player to talk about from a dynasty perspective and a redraft perspective. So where are you going to have him ranked and your initial rankings? I know a million things change, but right now, if you were forced to pu publish your rank, which you do on fantasy pros, um, okay. Because I looked on Yahoo, they're not, you guys only have your first round on there and then some comments. So where do you have Mariota right now as your QB ranking? It's pretty much exactly what I said. I didn't know his ECR, but which is 33. And I have him 19th in between Derek Carr and Daniel Jones. Uh, he runs. He's a former top three pick who's still in the prime, whatever. His, his true YPA is 7.5. Now he's going indoors. Uh, the job to himself. Uh, Arthur Smith, year two coaching. Kyle Pitts. Yes, the wide receiver uh, depth chart right now looks like a, a joke, but they'll, they'll add some, some players there. So And he'll just be playing from behind then. It's a bad rock. I mean, Mariota trailing in the second half, running quarterbacks. I think they're just, you know, that's just the, the cheat code still as much as ever. By the way, running backs, there are quarterbacks who run are kind of fewer. Dak has run less. Mahomes only runs in the playoffs. Russell Wilson won't even run RPO to the point that they had to ship him out of town. So, um, yeah, I, I think that the guy sneaky rushers like, like Mariota are, are going to remain undervalued. Yeah, I'm with you there. Mariota is definitely, um, uh, I like him as, I guess he does qualify as a true sleeper because he is not caught on yet. Nobody thinks he's keeping the job past this year. And Atlanta could be in a, in a two-year rebuild window right here. So he, it could be an option for two years from a dynasty, uh, in dynasty uh, land. So wh who's a wide receiver you think they could potentially add that oh. at least help? Because we do agree at that point that he needs at least something. He needs a credible veteran. They can't just draft a rookie wide receiver and expect Mariota to distribute to all these guys. So who's a, are there a couple names out there that are still floating around or maybe a potential trade if they want to give up any of their draft capital? To, uh, yeah. to help supplement that pass core. Yeah, credit to Barron's for bringing it up. But my guy, Devontae Parker, is now uh, definitely not needed in Miami. So uh, he'll probably get hurt, of course. But he's, you know, Parker's shown flashes. He could be a, a number one while healthy uh, in, in Atlanta. And Pitts, man, Pitts is going to blow up in year two also. Don't forget. I mean, that is like having a, I mean, 
let's not overlook Pitts is, is one of the options there. All they need is a, another Russell Gage facsimile, and I think it'll be just fine for Mariota. Again, he's going to run, and he's going to be playing from behind. There's no, like, running back there that's going to take touchdowns, too. So I like the setup. So you're, you're making my transition so easy. I was going to ask you about Russell Gage. He's on my list. But before we do that, I just want to pay a, pay a bill real quick here. Uh, Rotowire Fantasy Football Dynasty Podcast is brought to you by WinBet, now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire Fantasy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action, user-friendly interface, money bets, uh, money line bets, parlays, under-overs, round robins. By the way, do you know, what is a round robin? I always hear that on this commercial read. Have you ever done a round robin bet before? I have not. I've looked into it. I'm told it's probably not the smartest uh, bet, but um, it sounds interesting too. Now I'm not familiar with it. I, I'm as far as I, I go, I'm, I'm a sucker enough with teasers. I, I right, stop, stop right. You would, you do like the teaser, and I, I do don't. You know, they're not sucker plays if you do them around the right numbers. How about um, have you, a revert an action reverse? Are you familiar with that bet? No, no. What's so that? you obviously know what a parlay is. Yes. Right. Yeah. I'm saying, you know, so what it does is you do the same thing. An action reverses, you do the same, except, you know, in the parlay, you only lose your unit. So say you're betting a hundred dollar parlay. Usually if it's a two team parlay, that pay is what? Two fifty or something like that. Right. So an action reverse, you do the hundred dollar bet, but it pays four to one. So you get four to one. But if you lose, you lose both sides. So you oh, lose two fifty. Okay, I like so, that. Yeah, I like that because that's around the. I was always trying. I'm always three out of four. My five out of six wins, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I'd like to to to, to make. Yeah, I like the action yeah. one because again, if you lose one side of it, then you only lose the you know your initial right. bet. But if you lose both sides, you do lose double the bet. So yeah, and double right, the vig yeah. too. So anyway, yeah. Oh, that that's win bet here. Let me get. <laughs> I got distracted. I. I I get very distracted talking about the like, gambling stuff because I love it so much now. And now that it's becoming more and more uh, you know, legal and easy to do, it's right now it's only available in nine states while rapidly expanding WinBet. The possibilities are limitless. Register WinBet today. Make a qualifying deposit. Uh, $200 bet match promotions may be, uh, vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-I-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner of Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. All right. Dalton, when we left off, you had brought up Russell Gage. All right, this ties in with Chris Godwin's ADP in best ball drafts. He's going in the fifth round. Can you are you with me that that's lunacy given the the timing of his injury late last season? Godwin, yes, and even in redrafts, his, his ranking seems high. It was yeah, late season. I know that people, Acres returned so quick a different injury, but a bit, the, these players are the medicine. But he didn't, is improving he didn't return well though. He, he no, wasn't he did good. Not. You're right. You're right. No, I want no part of Godwin. I mean, obviously it's great that Brady's back, but um, I mean there's still there's still Evans and Gage and. Brady is a whole year older. Um, no, I want no part of Godwin. The person who shot up my draft rankings and uh, doesn't matter really in Dynasty, but it is Fournette. He's like probably the single most guy who shot up. It was the return of Brady there. He was third in high value touches last year. Uh, he's he's the guy whose value went way high, and 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 it helps him that Godwin, the slot guy, will even more targets for Fournette. I think he was like second to Eckler in, in percentage of fantasy points via targets. Like he's, I, I'm all in on on which is crazy because Ronald Jones guy in Fournette who wants you know boring bust, but. Man, with the situation there, I like him a lot more, and I want no part of Godwin. He'll be on zero my fantasy team. Yeah, we'll circle back to Gage in a second because it, it ties into Godwin now that he's going. You know, now that he's basically the wide receiver too on that team, Russell Gage. But yeah. you first, you hit on something important. Leonard Fournette is a first round pick on my rankings. I would take him in the tenth, eleventh pick overall. Right now, you don't have to touch him until like the fifth round uh, in these early underdog best balls. He goes after Zeke Elliott, after Aaron Jones. I mean, you're talking about the three down workhorse on an elite offense, do you think that'll correct? Or is that going to be so like, where's Leonard Fournette going to get drafted by the time we all have our, our home league drafts in, in August and September? It'll correct. Yeah, I'm looking at his Fantasy Pros Expert Consensus rank is number 18 running back. No, he's, my that's no- ridiculous. he's my number eight running back. And I could even see moving him even a couple spots higher. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just such a nice setup there with Brady. I mean, it's he, he throw, even if they bring in another third down back, it doesn't matter. He gets targets on first and second down. Brady dumps it off. And the goal line guy there, no, I, I absolutely love the setup for him. I would not fault anyone for taking him in the first round. Yeah, I would consider him over even like Christian McCaffrey at this point. I don't know. I know a lot of people have him as their number two, and I understand why. I won't talk you out of it, but I, I'm just not comfortable taking Christian McCaffrey in the first round. And I just rather have something what I feel is a, a better floor bet. And that is Leonard Fournette. Um, so let's see right now, ECR, you're talking about fantasy pros. ECR yeah, has him at 18. Uh, I could see taking him as high as definitely above cam Akers and, you know, six, seven for me. So it sounds like that is a good one. All right. Russell Gage, 
in a world where sleeper, the word sleeper barely exists anymore, is Russell Gage a true sleeper? We both agree Chris Godwin is probably going to miss the first month of the season. You know, Mike Evans, you have him as, as a top six wide receiver. Brady's got to throw to somebody else. I know Gronk will presumably sign back there, but how are you feeling about Russell Gage? You can get him in like wide receiver 50. Yeah, exactly. That's where he's ranked is, is wide receiver 49 on fantasy pros. I have him at 35, uh, yeah, a couple spots right. ahead of Godwin even. I mean, I'd rather take the healthy guy who actually really improved his contested catch rate. He just looked like a way better receiver than anyone gave him credit for last year. And now he's in a great situation uh, at the Bucks. I mean, Brady's among the league leaders every year in end zone targets, which is really nice. Not that Gage is a, in, you know, a great red zone threat, but he'll benefit uh, on a couple here. So I, I like him as a wide receiver three easily. Okay. I want to take a step back from, from player takes for a second. And you're get you're right now you're drafting a lot of your fantasy baseball teams. So I want to talk just draft strategy. Okay, because fantasy football it has has a draft strategy. It's good for a couple of years and then people shift to another strategy. Last year and for the last couple of years, I know that you were taking three running backs in the first four rounds and sometimes four running backs. You were putting a running back on your bench before you were even mm-hmm. drafting a wide receiver. Do you think that's going to change a little bit in 22 drafts? What do you think the pot, first of all, what do you think the consensus strategy will be? And what are you going to do? First of all, as you alluded to pick starting after Jonathan Taylor, pick two is as wide open as, as any year I can remember. Um, yeah. Who, who would, it's going to be McCaffrey. A guy's missed two straight years in the number two pick. Not and I mean, me. you can't argue with them either, but I hear you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't want Derek Henry coming off that injury too, with that workload either. He's probably going to be like a consensus third pick off the board. So really interesting. And, I'm wearing a Debo nose shirt, and and ironically, I want no part of Debo Samuel's a first round pick with a new quarterback and the injuries in his past, but and how physical he plays. I mean, it's yeah, so it's uh, it's very, it's going to be a wide open first rounder as any year I can remember. And I personally uh, have changed my strategy. I was just flat out wrong drafting running back stubbornly like that, and my I had uh, back. Uh, not very successful last couple of years. I've been far better in baseball uh, than I have football. And I'm totally revamping in my uh, off uh, best ball one I've done. I started with three straight r- wide receivers in, in my draft and full PPR. So I'm totally willing to change. And, uh, and by the way, afterward, I got uh, Elijah Mitchell and AJ, AJ Dillon even later than that. And Ramondre Stevenson. So if you can get some running backs like that after receivers, if that lasts toward in August, I'll be super happy. Yeah, I think you hit on that, that the sharp drafters are going to take the wide receivers and the short thing wide receivers. You're not just, you know, not just taking a wide receiver to take a wide receiver. I remember when when everyone was pushing up the wide receivers about six, seven years ago, I was taking Eric Decker in the third round, which was the total wrong way to think about this stuff. But yeah, if you're picking at the end of the first round, I've been recommending to some of the podcast listeners, take your favorite two wide receivers, take, you know, whether it's Jamar Chase, if he lasts that long, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, whoever your guys are. And then that's why I have a, you know, a, a, a pro Zeke take. It's not because I love Zeke Elliott or don't think he's declining. It's that he's ranked around the 15th or 17th running back. And he's still likely just on his workload alone to finish as a top 12, I think a top six or seven back, but that's why I'm pushing so hard on Zeke as he's a late fourth round pick. I would take him in the end of the third round. I guess we can get into this now. Um, I, I mean, you don't really need to convince me that he's, he's not what he once was, but don't you love his price? And it's, it's like pick 40. So first of all, I know you're going to give me a hard time because I said I'm going to rank Pollard over him. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep that given the, the I know that was tongue in cheek. Yeah. I know that was tongue in cheek. But it's, see, it's not really though because I, I, I'm looking at this and I see that he's ranked more so around like the 17th back and Tony Pollard's ranked the 31st. I think they should both be ranked around 30th and I think it really is a coin flip who has more fantasy value this year. Maybe that's crazy, uh, but I, I would rather be a year too early than a year too late and maybe that's been two years now of Zeke battling something and I just... You know, P&L always talks about now the second contract running backs in the NFL just seem to all fail. And maybe you can all blame it on this PCL injury that he suffered early in the year. That's fine. But Tony Pollard was second in yards per route run among running backs. Uh, Zeke was bottom 10. Um, I, I, they're going to throw it more with, with, with the dump off. So I think Pollard's going to be more involved with Cooper gone. I think he is more upside at this stage of his career. If Zeke went out, Pollard would be a, a top 10 upside, top five upside. Uh, if Pollard went down, you'd just be like, whatever. Zeke gets a slight minor boost. So that, that's, that's my thought. Yeah, I, I'm actually, this is the crazy part of it, is that I agree with everything you said. Pollard is, is, should be RB20. 
I think that these guys both can uh, oh, be, be higher, higher but for, you know, just for, you know, okay. We're talking about Zeke is his, his workload. He's the goal line back. They're going to force feed him. They don't have as many pass catchers. There's some talk uh, with the Cowboys beat writers that Pollard could be used as a wide receiver until they get Gallup back. I mean, they're going to might line him up in the slot. These guys both could be really good. We know Dak has, uh, he could certainly support two or three relevant players. I mean, people are pushing CD lamb up to like their wide receiver two, three on the board already. I mean, you know, I, I've seen some takes where and it's legitimate CD lamb or Devonte Adams. One has an upgraded situation. One has a downgraded situation. I mean, in your rankings right now, where do you have those two guys, Adams and CD lamb back to back after the big three, I have Adams four, lamb five, but I easily could change that. I mean, you look at yes. the numbers car and Adams put up at Fresno state is pretty sick. It was like a video game, the final year and it's indoors. Um, so like, I, I still have pretty good confidence in Adams, uh, despite leaving, you know, just the best situation. I mean, a t- ridiculous lead league league leader in target rate from Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't get any, it won't get better than that. Even again, going from Lambo to indoors and his, his college guy with not, not much else there after, after Waller. So um, I guess Renfro dissing him, but it's close. <laughs> who do you have? Who do you have? I already said the, how high a pass rate over expectation uh, Dallas had last year, and now they're losing their guys. So that's why, I mean, Lamb was my number one for the exercise who shot up my fantasy ranks in the offseason. I was ready to be, I was very disappointed in him. I have him in a dynasty league last year was horrible toward the stretch, down the stretch. I don't know if he was playing from an underreported injury or what, but um, yeah, with all the players leaving, um, I love Lamb. So I have him back to back with Adam. I, and I'm right there with you. And I would take Lamb. You know, if I, you know, if I did ten drafts, I would probably take six Lamb, four Devontae Adams if I had the chance to draft them both. Uh, but forced to do one draft, I probably would take the safe. Believe it or not, the safety of Devontae Adams. You know what you're going to get there, Lamb. It's an upside uh, swing That's for the why. fences play for right. sure. And what about Jefferson versus Chase? Uh, Jefferson with yeah. uh, you know, he's going to turn into the new cup there with the Rams coach over there. But obviously, Chase was was a decent rookie year. So what about them for two and or cup even the top three actually really there's an argument for any of those three right and then cup has Allen robinson there also but you know exactly be- right he's not a sure thing well, number one that's why i said that yeah so do, how do you yeah, rank the top three so it's a tier obviously so i don't have any you know i'm not going to fight anyone that wants chase but justin jefferson has just done it uh, uh for two years in a row now the he is the unquestioned uh target leader he's going to get the most targets there and kirk cousins is certainly uh capable of getting in the football whereas there's going to be two three four week stretches where t higgins is the better receiver it happened last year right so jamar chase might be the better season ender number uh accumulator but i think just if you're Talking about just those two guys, Justin Jefferson, you're never going to be disappointed in any week. His floor games are going to be so high, whereas Chase's floor games are going to be disappearing acts. And it's, you know, you, you don't worry about one individual game, but that's what would separate those two for me. Does, does that uh, sound logic there, you think? Yeah, Chase is number three for me solely because of T. Higgins. And normally mm-hmm. I'm the younger guy, but I kept cup number one as of now. But I can yeah. be talked into Jefferson very, very easily. It's hard to ignore. I mean, you guys have talked about this on on podcasts too. It's not just the uh, you know the size; it's the magnitude of the sample, not just the size of the sample. And cups, it was an all time season there. All right, and in the postseason even too, he continued. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just this sick. That was awesome. Yeah, I um. All right, so Dalton, I wanted to ask you, what do you think the biggest mistake is that people make? when they draft. And I know it's a loaded question. I'll give you a minute to think about it here, but you see it often. And I'm not just talking about your casual, you know, league where someone just takes like their favorite player from their favorite home team. But what do you think experienced players, players, even in the NFFC, what do you think that they, they just don't do right or the mistakes that you commonly see? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
It's a good question. Probably just being stubborn like myself in the past and been drafting running backs too, too boneheadedly. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe an old school thought of that um, and not adapting to the PPR and evolution of football and being a dinosaur, I guess. I, I still see a lot of people trying to jam in running backs. Um, but I, I, again, I can't criticize. It was me very recently. So I still say the running back thing, man. You better just evolve. And it's, it's, it is, you listen to all the smartest people in the industry, Sean Siegels, and, and it's just like he only considered like one or two running, running backs last year. They have to be a very very few people can be those true workhorses with the with the receptions and the goal line work and, and it really is the successful fantasy football players are are the ones targeting receivers early it, it really does seem that way right but the reason is is because those those running backs do win leagues and i know they're easier to find than wide receivers right if justin jefferson went down you know um you know kj osborne is not a one-to-one replacement whereas if dalvin cook goes down we all know yeah. Alexander Madison is plug and play. I mean, somebody's going to mm-hmm. roster him, but you know, it, Khalil Herbert will be on the, uh, if David Montgomery goes down, it's, it's plug and play for two weeks. So they are easy to find. So I can understand why, uh, you know, the, the big money winners, uh, is there an equivalent to that in baseball? Like where, you know, people like, is there a pitcher dichotomy there where people say, Hey, running back only a wide receiver. What, how does that play in baseball drafts? Yeah. Big prospects come up, but no, there's no equivalent whatsoever. Football, literally Ramondre Stevenson could be like a top five play or suddenly like legitimately that week. I mean, yes, they can go from your waiver wire to um, quote unquote league winner or first round fantasy value, just like that in fantasy football, it is not the same in the other sports. So that's, and that would be another reason to, to go wide receiver early and just load up with all these flyers uh, in the mid rounds because fantasy football, you look back and it's just who hit the home runs of that given year. Last year, it was Cooper cup in the mid rounds. He was like, you know, 40% of the league winners or whatever at roster mm-hmm. cup, you know, it's not like that in baseball at all, no matter how much of an out of the nowhere, you know, Tawny season in the mid rounds, it just does not have the same effect. The rosters are much larger fantasy football rosters are smaller and, and the impact, is significant with these running backs that go again waiver wire to literal first round fantasy value it hasn't been as frequent the last few years which uh it seems like but um but typically it does and there's a lot of good candidates it looks like for this upcoming one okay we're going to take a short break right now but when we come back we're going to talk about our dynasty risers okay be right back and we're back all right. The live stream didn't have to endure the painful commercials. The, uh, but all right, Dalton. So I know like in the, on the top of the podcast, we talked about that you're in a, a few longstanding leagues. You're not a 30 leaguer, which by the way, I think makes you sane. And that's why I'm going to be, I like your perspective on this. Cause sometimes I get caught up with these, you know, like I said, the dynasty bros, man, and everyone's got their hot take on every player. So um, let's talk about like two or three players. Who's the first player that you think, should be shooting up over the course of what's happened in, in you know the offseason so far who should be rising up the dynasty rankings right now yeah i'm the only in 30 baseball leagues uh, so trust me i have uh, have my issues <laughs> elsewhere um but uh, so i said cd lambs we talked enough about him he was just the obvious one to sh- shot up uh, i want to talk a little bit more about alberto um i have him ranked uh, just ridiculously high i think it's sixth or seventh in my tight ends um Six so yeah, so just to, just to give everyone perspective, before the trade, he was probably tight end twenty seven on a lot of boards, oh, and yeah. he, he might have even right. been lower than that. So you're moving him all the way up to uh, tight end six, seven, and seven. He's seven. seven after the big okay. six we talked about. I want him mm-hmm. next after those. All right, even let me hear this. And, well, yeah, I mean it's only six tight ends have averaged more than two yards per route run since two thousand twenty. He's one of them. The others are all stars. Uh, his coach just came out and called him a hybrid tight end receiver. Russell Wilson always throws to his tight end. The Seattle. The problem was we just it would always be different ones rotating, but boy. Boy, he loves to target the tight ends. Uh, Albert O, um, obviously Noah Fant is gone, and now he has a big upgrade at quarterback. And he was number three in target rate among tight ends last year. So he's earning those targets. He's really good at football, and now his situation just got so much better. So uh, after those big six, he has as much upside as anyone. So I, I love me, Albert O. I, did, I still haven't learned how to pronounce his name, so I just just stick with that. Okawebunam. Well done. I think I don't. I don't know if that's right. By the way, <laughs> it's just I was looking at a phonetic uh, pronouncement. Uh, pronounce, uh, so I, I don't know. Hopefully, but it's Alberto. That's fine. It's uh, all right. So my first Pfizer was was Tua. Nobody likes Tua. No one thinks Tua is good. But Tua to me, it, Tua strikes me as one of those Jared Goff type of quarterbacks that when everything's right, 
it's going to work really well. And that's fine while he's on a rookie contract. You don't want to give, you know, give him the golf contract, which made him a hot potato and passed around for picks. But two is going to be, he's not going to get the extension early, like Justin Herbert or any of these other guys. He's going to have to play out that contract. He, you know, this is the year where they decide if he goes down the Sam Darnold Baker Mayfield route, or if he elevates to like a Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins plus starter type. So I think that two is being undervalued. And now it's, it's obvious to me. I mean, they added Tyreek Hill, which we all think is probably one of the most unique receivers. Uh, you know, we, we like all the weapons. We love Jalen Waddle. I mean, he was in the dynasty rankings that people have him as high as seven or eight. So you have that, you have all the, uh, the new offense with the new weapons. I think two is being a little undervalued. Now there's risk because if it goes wrong, like I said, he's he's not as insulated as someone even like Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson could have a terrible year this year, and he's still going to be the 2023 starter. So that's where the risk is. But right now, I could see you know Tua finishing inside the top 11, top 12. Um, you know, so would you agree that Tua should be someone that you consider moving up in a dynasty format? I would agree. I have him on my list here. Um, still oh, young. Sorry about that. Uh, no, no, no. It's, I'll just I'll piggyback on it. Um, McDaniel there, my guy from the Niners coaching. Mm. So uh, next gen stats, the three fastest uh, recorded ball carriers in the NFL over the last five years are Raheem Mostert, Jalen Waddle, and Terry Kill. So uh, quite a bit of speed he has to work with there for those RPOs. And Teron Armstead, they added left tackle. I mean, the O-line, a big improvement too. So, yeah, two is the glaring uh, QB who jumped 10 spots with the offseason movement. I mean, there's Teddy Bridgewater there, and he has this extensive injury history. But that hip injury, by the way, was so so severe, I, I, I give, you know, knocked some of his, uh, his rust off for, uh, there so it, during his recovery. So um, he's still wide open what his future is. Is he a star? Will he be as good as looking college? Is he going to, to, to continue to battle injuries? But given his uh, new situation, it's hard not to be very much encouraged uh, as opposed to, you know, this, how his offseason – when he ended uh, – off last year, his offseason looks a lot better with Tyree Kill now throwing to go along with Waddle. Yeah, I think Teddy Bridgewater was the perfect uh, free uh, free agent addition because it's scary enough to make you realize, hey, we're not kidding around here. There's, we're not going to have some scrub behind you, but it's not scary enough where like the fans are going to be calling for Teddy Bridgewater. You know, I mean, nobody's going to be clamoring. There's no unknown upside there, so I think totally. it's the perfect guy to put in the room, uh, similar to you know with Daniel Jones, like Tyrod Taylor. No one's going to the, the fans aren't going to be yelling for him. All right, who's right. your next riser up the dynasty rankings? All right, well, I'll combine a couple of Broncos here. Javante Williams is just so obvious, though. But, I mean, he's now – I mean, if Melvin Gordon, it sounds like he's not returning and they have Russell Wilson, I mean, I have him you – know, if I were going to take a running back early, I might like him second to Jonathan Taylor. He does without the injury questions of the others uh, there. So I could see him going, yeah, the number two fantasy back off the board. Now, I know everyone loves him, so that's an obvious pick. But the offseason has just gone so well. It looks like Melvin Gordon's not returning, and they added Russell Wilson. So, I mean, he looks like maybe a, a number two overall pick. It's possible. So, yeah. is, that, so is that, does that count? Yeah, that counts because you're in line with the dynasty bros. All right. You know, when I say that, and, and the, you know, I don't mean to insult you there because what I'm saying is that's why I like bringing your sober like mindset from this into what the craziness is. So, maybe that hype is warranted because think about this if we knew for sure. Like if their backup running back was, you know, Boston Scott, I know he's already resigned, but someone like that with a zero threat, I mean, Javante could be argued. It's like Javante or Jonathan Taylor. We don't know. Right. I mean, the, the quarterback situation is a lot better in Denver than it is in Indianapolis. I mean, we already see, we've already seen it from Jonathan Taylor and he's such a stud, but uh, I, I like that because he was going around like the eighth or ninth running back with the Melvin Gordon threats there, but that threat is starting to, dissipate a little bit i don't think anyone now we're starting to be like oh all right all he has to do now is maybe uh, avoid the draft which i mean you know a threat from the draft and even if they make a pick what is it gonna be like a round five around six rookie they're not gonna take another i mean they jumped up to get javante so i like that call all and right. the new coach came out and said he was looking at tape. He's like, whoa. I, even, I didn't realize how special this player is. So he's hyping him there. And uh, obviously the receivers. Denver Broncos have a really solid defense, too. I mean, they're, I don't know. I like the setup. I like the setup quite a bit for Williams. But obviously everyone does. Yeah, funny and funny enough, though. I, and I have to – I don't feel like pulling it up to second. But I think Michael Carter outproduced Javante. Not on touchdowns. Touchdowns, Javante. But that last year – uh, when they were at school together. So, but it's interesting oh, wow. that, I mean, Javante was the, you know, obviously he went in early round two, Michael Carter 
round four or so. Carter, I mean, Carter passed the eye test too, I thought. And some of those tackle-breaking numbers can be a bit misleading because like David Montgomery racked him up. Maybe it just means you're slower than other backs. But Javante Williams also passed the eye test. And the big key with him was Gordon to me. It's like he would have been overdrafted if Melvin Gordon returned because everyone does love Williams. But if Gordon leaves and Russell Wilson comes, then you can't really draft him high enough. Yeah, so, and everybody, you know, I know you haven't dove too much into your rookies, but right now the consensus first rookie running back is Brees Hall. Right? That's the right. only thing I could I, I got it in before you said it, because that's the, yep. literally the only thing I could have told you as far as rookie, right. other than the quarterback. But, uh, and then, uh, uh, yeah, it's Brees Hall. Brees Hall right. and then everyone else, right? And then, well, yeah, and then there's Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. But there's a reason why I'm bringing up Brees Hall, right? Because everyone knows Malik Willis. They know Brees Hall at this point. But I, I don't – where could Brees Hall go? So just – Elite rookie running back. Where, sorry, running back one in this class. Where could he actually go that would be a good landing spot at this point where he would get drafted in the first or second round? I I, can't, I went through the draft a couple times, Dalton. I mean, you tell me. I have a couple ideas, but where do you think Hall could land that would even make him interesting for you in your right. top 12 or 15 running backs? Yeah, so I didn't like look into it too hard, but the guy, I, I wanted Rashad Penny to go to Atlanta, so I'll just stick there. I know Patterson's back, but he's not like a true true running back there. Is Mike, Mike Davis is the only person on the no. depth chart. So I like, as I've said, I love Mariota apparently, and Pitts and just a wide open backfield there. So I, I think, um, yeah, I think Atlanta. Right, so Atlanta would have to take him in like 43, I think is their first pick in the second round. They're not going to take yeah, him like in the I top said, 10. Did, yeah, okay. Yeah, look, yeah, okay. And where's he projected to go? No, no, I, that is that is the spot. Like if he goes, I think you hit it right in the head. If he goes to Atlanta at 43, that's the nuts, right? That's where you're going to be thrilled. But here's my pushback on the dynasty community is that he's going to go off the board before that. The Jets have two picks at 35 and 38. Why are we going to be pumped about Brees Hall? Just and again, whatever you know about Brees Hall, just he's the number yeah. one rookie running. If he's on the Jets sharing with Michael Carter and Right, the Jets have a couple first rounders. You could see them taking a good player, a running back, in the early second round. Doesn't that seem plausible? It absolutely does. Yeah, no, you're right. It's that's what. Yeah, football matters so so much. We're landing spots. Uh, yeah, and yeah. So yeah, he's definitely a gamble if you're taking him, tr- treating him that he's going to land in a perfect spot because he very easily could just be in in a committee that the rest of the league is implementing. Okay, mostly. my my next riser is kind of obvious, Mari Cooper, but here's the issue. So uh, I understand in your dynasty rankings, he was literally falling out of the 20s at some point. I mean, the early 20s. He was going to like 27, 28. Uh, I can understand. Where do you have him in your redraft rankings right now? Right around 20-ish. Okay. And I think that's the right view because of the suspension threat of Deshaun Watson. Because if he's playing with Jacoby Brissett for four games, six games, eight games, it's he he belongs like i said in that late 20s area but all right so you know i have him as a riser obviously in the long term only 27 years old uh i would probably rank him around the 14th or 13th wide receiver in dynasty and mm-hmm. dynasty players as you know they're ages right they, they hate age they rather get some 24 year old that just has no chance than a 28 year old uh you know amari right. cooper so uh, or where do you, where would you, if you knew Deshaun Watson was not going to be suspended, he's going to play a full season. Where would you likely be putting Cooper? Yeah, I could move him all the way. Yeah. 50, anywhere between 13, 14, 15, right, right around that range. Uh, makes sense. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't think going outdoors, leaving Dallas would be good, but there he's the only guy there in Cleveland and yeah, Deshaun Watson. So sure. Top 15 ish. And that's, it does seem like a bull take the though for dynasty for you to rank him that high at that age. That did surprise me when you said that, but um, I can't, I can't argue against it. I mean, I think he could put up some really nice seasons. Now the setup is, is pretty, is pretty nice. Yeah. I get a lot of pushback in dynasty with that ranking, but think about it. Like, if you someone like Brandon cooks, I mean, it's over and over again, he gets ranked like wide receiver 27, 28, but he produces wide receiver 13. So it's like wide receiver 15 every year. And now you're talking about Deshaun Watson, who's an elevator. I mean, right. He brings, he's just met. Everyone's a better player on the field. He distributes the ball. He's like everything you want in a fantasy quarterback. All right. Last couple of questions for you, Dalton. I know you had a long couple days in Vegas, which is kind of a redundant term long. And how many days were you there for, by the way? Actually, I was only only there for one night. It was a quick turnaround, but then I had this other local uh, salary cap deal yesterday all day too. But uh, Vegas, uh, yeah, just just a one night turnaround. So so no uh, eating at Lotus of Siam then, right? Unfortunately, no. Yeah, no. That I know, big miss. But I got to go back to sign up for the Survivor uh, pool. Uh, this Are you going to do it so again? That, that, there'll be some some Lotus. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I got to go, <laughs> go back right. to the well there. Before, before with De- Denver, real quick though, if you're going to move on to another subject, just want to yeah. throw Jerry Judy. He's 22 mm. years old. And uh, as a riser, 
as a riser. Absolutely. I'm still in on him. And that, that high ankle sprains ruin seasons, even if they return and play through them. He suffered that week one. I'm, I'm, I'm buying into the route running and, and the offseason, the, the, the videos and whatnot. I, I believe in him still and a big riser for me with the quarterback switch. So there's been a big debate in Dynasty, Judy or Cortland Sutton. And the idea is that Sutton pairs up better with Russ and Russell Wilson. He's more of the DK Metcalf, whereas Judy has yeah, been a little disappointing for fantasy. And But I'm with you. I mean, and isn't have, there a four-year difference right now? Yeah. I mean, Sutton's what? Like 20? I have to, I, I don't have this age of 26 her. is fantasy pros. So whatever that means, 26 and a half. Whatever. No. Yeah. And I think that it, it but he, again, he hasn't done it yet. I mean, he had a couple games where he flashed. I think that there's a lot of, I mean, his ADP hasn't pushed up. I mean, his Judy's ADP is higher. So Sutton at value two rounds later, I like that. But, you know, there's there's some questions there whether which one of those will be pair up better with Russell Wilson. And I think it's that fair. Russell oh, Wilson fair, for sure. Yeah. Russell Wilson can make any of them, uh, you know, fantasy relevant, maybe both of them, but definitely both of them. Well, right, they'll I both wanna... just get whatever scraps Albert O leaves them. Ah, <laughs> no, I like that take. I thought I was going to be high on him. I had him at a, a 12 or 11. Uh, I know Jim Coventry had him at 10, but the seven, uh, six, you said, right? Six or seven? Seven. Which, seven. 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 That's the highest I've seen him. And, uh, I, and I can't tell you you're wrong, right? I mean, TJ Hawkinson or Albert O, I think I like Albert O at this point better. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I have Hawkinson right. right below him. So, yep. Yep. All right. The last thing I'm going to ask you about before I let you get some nap, nap time <laughs> is the quarterback position. Okay. So, I'm in a dynasty draft right now. Pat Mahomes still went one, one off the board in a super flex dynasty. Uh, it's not something I would do, but I kind of understand it because you're talking about five years from now, Pat Mahomes is going to be in the top five quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen should be, but I could see a, a case why he wouldn't be in five years from now. And again, I never advocate playing dynasty in five year windows, two to three year windows for quarterbacks. You could play it in four year windows. Where would you where are you going to rank Pat Mahomes this year, 2022, in your redraft rankings? And then think about it from a dynasty perspective. Is he still worth the first overall pick? I would not fault anyone for taking him there. He's the highest floor. So that that that's fine. I wouldn't give anyone a hard time. But Allen has higher upside at this point. Mahomes just runs more in the postseason. And obviously he just lost Tyreek Hill and his YPA dropped when the defense is uh, yes, he was still successful and it um, was still through for five thousand yards, thirty-seven touchdowns or whatever. And he's amazing. But um, yeah, I think his upside is does not reach Josh Allen given the the rushing and and frankly and, and this year I I think there's a clear top well clearly Josh Allen. And then to me, Lamar Jackson is a clear number two separates because his, his rushing upside, he's still super young and he has the most touchdowns of anyone his his age in NFL history, the Bateman year two. And I, I really am buying, buying uh, Lamar Jackson this year. And then I have Mahomes, Mahomes three, but I could, you know, Herbert and Mahomes right there. But I think the rushing upside of, of, of Allen and Jackson are, are a tier of themselves this year. But uh, obviously, Dynasty five-year window, Mahomes is quite clearly safer than Lamar Jackson holding up without question. Yeah, but I agree with you in the first 2022. Lamar should be the consensus uh, second. I mean, he already has an MVP season. I mean, it was a, it was a down. Here's the argument, I guess, for Mahomes is that in a down season, Mahomes was QB yeah. five. And in a down season, Lamar was off the QB one radar. He was like QB, you know, 50. I know there were some injuries there, but hey, look, the, Mahomes has fought through injuries and then come back. So it, it's an interesting debate. I heard you talk I about mean, uh, I, I love MBS, but let's, I mean, Tyreek Hill's a special player. I mean, I mean, that's a loss. I mean, that's, that's not just something you say. I mean, that's a, de a downgrade. I mean, what if Kelsey suddenly starts showing his age at 32 and a half? I mean, yeah. I don't know, but I mean, I, I mean, in fairness, they do have Ronald Jones now. Maybe they'll just come around, ah. but, 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 but no, Mahomes is obviously the best player in the NFL the last five and he's, and he can, he can succeed in any environment, but give me Allen and all those, those goal line carries and them just throwing the ball like absolutely crazy. Yeah, a couple rapid fires then. You mentioned uh, Ronald Jones. Is the Kansas City backfield just stay away? I mean, obviously, you get into the seventh round, you'll take Clyde over to Hilaire, no problem. But for the most part, those guys aren't on your radar this year, right? Yeah, I just can't get over Daryl Williams taking uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire's third down roll coming out of LSU. Like, he's such a good receiving back. I just, yeah, it's it's a stay away. Unless Ronald Jones comes super, super cheap. I have a tough time not not drafting that guy every year for some reason. But uh, yeah, that's it's a tough situation for fantasy. How about Juju? I, I'm I, I'm pretty bullish on him this year. I have him in uh, you know my low twenties. I think like twenty. Uh, you know, just we've already seen him have this massive season. Are you going to be uh, aggressive on him? Flat out forgot to add him to this list. He might have actually been my biggest riser. I mean, he went from forty five to twenty for me now. Yes, I mean he has Mahomes throwing to him. He's still super young. He has a hundred and ten catch season in his resume. Yes, Ju Juju should have been in our risers hundred percent. 
Okay, then who's going to be? Here's the here's the last question for you, man. Who's going to be your end of because right now is best ball season, dynasty best ball season. Who are one or two guys that you can are you advocating just taking the last round of your draft? Uh, could pop that you're going to truth or for a little bit here. Uh, like for me, for example, I, I was grabbing MVS before he moved up to like the 12th or 13th round. And uh, I'm just giving you a little time while you're looking at your list mm-hmm. there. Like right now, Donovan Peoples Jones is the obvious one for me. Uh, Anthony Schwartz also, just in case it's not Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, who is the speedy receiver that's going to be playing with Deshaun Watson. Who are one or two guys that you recommend people that are in the best ball season right now? Just hit that button, and hopefully that 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 scores for you three, four times in best ball. Man, I wish I had, I wish I had some better ones for you here. No, um, you I'm... let me. Uh, Antonio Brown, does he count? He counts because he's going undrafted right now. All right, I have a feeling Antonio Brown will probably play football again next year, and I drafted him super late in the best ball. For um, who? Who will he play for? Yeah, about that I have no clue, but uh, but someone will will buy into it. Yeah, I'll take a Green Bay. I'll give you a sleeper. Is Kylan Hill suffered like a very serious injury last year? But if yes. he can bounce back, um, it's like I, I think he would look very very impressive beforehand, and he's a guy I would grab super late. And then Aaron Jones sneakily did actually see his value rise a little bit because his mm. splits without Devontae Adams are crazy. He's just going to see a ton of targets. But I know he's number three. But you're talking dynasty. It's Kylan Hill. I know that injury was supposedly serious, but um. Even in redraft, I took him in the 33rd round of an NFBC type thing, maybe late. Kylan Hill. Is that, is that how that is that suit? I, too, I too, love too, you're too, talking too to the you're amongst friends because I love Kylan Hill. Mario put me yeah. on Kylan Hill last draft season. And, you know, I went back and, you know, I did the, my best to analyze his tape. I'm still learning how to analyze tape properly, but oh, it, it's it. one. It. Yeah. Once you get like the technique down and you, you listen to what to look for and stuff like that, like Kylan Hill for me passed a lot of the, the, the boxes that I like to check. And then the right. other guy that I was telling people to draft in the late round of, of best ball drafts is Paris Campbell, who's going to be back and mm-hmm. now with a real quarterback as well. You know, nobody Donovan likes him. Peoples Jones is a great pick, by the way. I love oh, that. Cool. I'm J- glad James Washington, I alluded to, but I'm sure he'll be a, a popular one. But no, you know, nobody's talking about James Washington right now. That was the yeah. first. This is you're the first James Washington guy that I've had. We've been running this podcast since he's got, you know, since he's been signed by the Cowboys. Yeah. I love that call, especially with Gallup not even available right away. So sure, Washington's good. He was all. I mean, he's decent. And he was just behind so many people in Pittsburgh. Yeah. All right, everybody. I want you to go follow Dalton Del Don on Twitter. Dalton Del Don. It's all all his uh, links are going to be linked in the video description below. I'll put a link to your main Yahoo page where you put all your fantasy content. Uh, Dalton's a fun follow. Puts out a lot of great stuff. And if you if you love baseball, there's no one better to follow. Uh, I mean, your your baseball cleanup last year. You batted cleanup because you took up all the, you took up all the money. Um, which how many leagues are you going to be in this year, including home leagues for baseball and? Everything, yeah. NFBC, the whole deal. About if you count it, if you counted the draft and holds, it'll be a too sick of a number to tell you. But I, I don't know. But, 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 I try to keep the fab to minimum because it's brutal compared to football. But well, we know. had we, someone we, last week uh, tell yeah. tell me he's in six hundred best ball leagues. Just so you know. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't know. Probably like twenty baseball leagues and then ten yeah. more draft and holds, something like that. Yeah. So yeah. There's, so. there's you can't you can't there's people listening to football podcasts in March. They're sickos. Like, you can't, you know. I love it's, it. It's, I love it. Yeah, you're yeah. amongst friends here. All right, go follow Dalton Del Don. Every week, we'll be back with a ni- another Dynasty podcast. Every Monday, check the podcast feed. And if you want to get Rotowire right now for free for 10 days, you can see all of our fantasy baseball draft kit. And I I refresh the Superflex Dynasty rankings every week. Go to rotowire.com forward slash tribe. We'll see everybody back next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.